things girlfriends share. Welcome to Girlfriend It, hosted by women for women on a variety of topics most relevant to our daily lives. Weekly, we have incredible, inspiring, and influential guests as we explore everything from why ambitious women don't quite reach their full potential to how we deal with the dailiness of life. Together, we will hear compelling stories of other individuals in hopes of one thing. How do we get to know ourselves? All right. Happy December. You are listening to Girlfriend It. This is Patty Lynn Wyatt and the Girlfriends. And we are so excited about today. Uh, we have some amazing guests, but before we introduce them, we just have to say, last night we had such a blast. We did an event for North Bible Church, and the women there, uh, it's where Sherry goes to church, were just amazing. I cannot believe, just so much joy and fun and friendliness there. Did you guys just feel that, the room? Yes. Total shout out to North Bible Church and those crazy ladies. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like because of 2020, we were just jumping out of our skin to like say hello and connect with people. It just, the normalcy of that was almost like you were at Disneyland, right? Because it's not normal anymore. It's just like, oh, this is amazing. But going into, we have Allison Hottinger and Lisa Calber, and I want you guys to marry uh, men with some easier names next time around. <laughs> but so true. And they are passionate about giving back. And as they began to raise their own families, they realized the true meaning of Christmas. And the spirit of giving was getting lost in the hustle and bustle of the season, which we all definitely relate to. But you guys were intentional in creating the book, The Giving Manger. And now it's, it's a complete tradition in your home. And now you're giving it and helping other families uh, really, truly discover the real meaning of Christmas. And Lisa, you're in Texas, and Allison, you're in California. And that in itself, that you guys are different states, and you're able to come together and create this beautiful book and uh, the, the giving manger that we can't wait to hear. First of all, how you just, which one of you was the genius behind it? And I'm sure if you're like my family, you're both going to claim it. And then how... This has, has just, you know, blossomed. But I, I'm talking, I've asked you, I think, two or three questions, but I just keep talking over it. Uh, we we have the manger, and it's just so over the top. Love it. So I just had to throw that out there. So, Lisa, I'm staring at you. You're the one in Texas. I'll start with you. Tell me, and which one, I want to know which one's the oldest and the youngest, because all my older sisters, I love telling them how much younger I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm older than Allison, <laughs> and she is actually the genius that really came up with it, so I'll let her tell her a little. Wow, Lisa, I'm impressed. You're yeah. giving it over to Allison. <laughs> That's just love sister there, right there. <laughs> I'm impressed that she also admitted that she was older. That was the win in both times. Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> that was a harder one. <laughs> Oh, yes, I'm Allison. I'm in California, and it is hard to be apart from Lisa, and I think that's part of why this journey has been so fun, because we do get to talk every day and work together and share something we love so much, but 
it all started back when I had five little children, and they were just making these really long Christmas lists, and each year they kept getting longer, and I just thought, that is not what Christmas is about. So we, I remember talking to my husband, and I'm like, we have to do something in our home to shift the focus. And as I was thinking about it, I had a memory pop in my mind from when I was a young girl. I was probably about 10, and I had a neighbor friend, and I was at her house, and they had this little wooden manger sitting on, kind of on their mantle. And I remember saying, well, what's that for? Because there was not any activity around it or anything. It was just a manger. And she said, oh, yeah, you can do something nice for somebody. We put a piece of straw in the manger. And we just tried to make a soft bed for the baby Jesus. And I remember saying, well, do you put a baby Jesus in at the end? And she said, no. And then we went off like a 10-year-old and ran and played. And I never thought about that again until fast forward. 20-something years later when that memory popped into my mind. So I did what we all do, and I got on the Internet, and I searched for mangers, and the only thing I could find was, like, full-size mangers for animals. So that wasn't really what I was looking for. <laughs> so I sent my husband out to the garage. He likes to do some things with wood. He's kind of an amateur, but he likes to do it. And I said, build this manger. So that's what he did. So that year, with my little family, we started the first beginning manger in our home, and these just the little things. They were young, and it was, I'd say, do something for your sister today, and maybe one would go put her shoes away, or I'd find notes on my pillow, or we, they wanted to decorate a neighbor's door with hearts. All of these little things built up to completely change our Christmas season. They started focusing on how they could help others, how they could show love for others, and thought so much less about just what am I going to get. And it was it kind of shifted from let's be good so we can get presents to let's be good because that's what who Jesus loves. That's who we want to be. We want to be kind. We want to show love, and we want to give. So it really just changed our whole Christmas season. Flash forward me calling Lisa saying, you need one of these, and then we made more to give to friends and family that year. And that's when everybody started saying to us that they were having the same experience. And Lisa and I came together and kind of said, I think maybe more people want this out there in the world than we even realize. And that's when we wrote the book. Lisa made the real manger, the beautiful one now, in her garage. We sculpted the baby because I knew it was important to have that moment where you put a baby Jesus in at the end to kind of bring the whole tradition full circle. So then we packaged it all together, and it's really just been a wild ride of a journey seeing how many people like us really want to ship the folks to Christmas. Oh, wow. Well, imagine that. Who knew that Christmas could be about Jesus, right? <laughs> That's crazy in itself. Uh, and you know what's so neat is that you guys were intentional to truly move it forward. Uh, we were just talking about this morning. I remember when my daughter was, was little, I had this beautiful nativity, and she would play with baby Jesus all the time. I mean, that was just her, her gig. She would go there, and she'd lay there, and she would have baby Jesus on the carpet. And I would see her and go, oh, Paris, let's put baby Jesus back in the manger. That's not something we play with. And, you know, you, you kind of, you look back and you go, what was I thinking? Yet, no, 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 honey, we don't touch Jesus. We don't yeah. touch Jesus. Yeah. 
Like, no, there's no relationship with Jesus here. Jesus is keep in this little porcelain manger and look at. And you don't even realize what you're doing and and what what a novelty like oh okay let's make jesus where we can interact with jesus yeah so awesome so at what point then and how many years ago did is this a new like this year is when you created it made it into a book we actually did it it was about five years ago now so we started out I think in the beginning we both really hesitated because we were like we knew we had accidentally created a product we knew there was nothing else out there you know we were on Pinterest we were everywhere looking for something and there was just nothing else out there and we both really hesitated because it was not the best time in our lives to be taking on this undertaking. I had recently been diagnosed with MS and I was coming out of a really challenging time where I was pretty much bedridden for about three months and my sister and I had started really feeling better and like trying to get back to my life and then my sister had five tiny kids so <laughs> it was one of those moments that there was we could not shake this feeling you just sometimes are led to things and no matter what we both kept being like no no let's not do it let's not do it I, I, I don't know I don't know and then when we decided that we were going to move forward with it, it really was just, I mean, I don't know, it's hard to even explain. We just moved. We just, all right, we're doing this. We're, we're doing this. And like Allison said, we just put all the pieces together. We really thought through it. We really wanted it to be thoughtful and make it really simple for people. And it was pretty crazy. It was a very wild experience. Um, but one, I don't know, like sometimes when things like that come, it's like you, there are things like that have happened in my life where I have let them kind of pass by. Yeah. I always look back on them and I'm like, that really, I, I was really meant to move on that and I wish I would have, you know, whether it's personally or spiritually or, you know, whatever it is. But this, I don't know, it, it took on a life of its own very rapidly. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you have a writing inclination prior to this? Well, my degree is in English, so reading is my love language. I, love, I read nonstop, but I had never written, honestly, anything before other than papers because I was more studying literature, writing about literature. I'd never really written nonfiction or anything like that. And the funny thing is, was once we got to this place where we knew we couldn't shake it and we kept feeling guided towards it, it's like... It was so easy. I've never quite had anything in my life feel so natural. And honestly, sculpting the baby, we were like, we need this baby. Neither of us are artists at all. Like, we really aren't very artistic. So I remember saying to my mom, like, I think I'm going to give it a try. I think I'm going to see if I can sculpt the baby. And my mom's like, what are you talking about? And my mom is so supportive. She is so supportive, but she's like, you've never sculpted anything in your life. You can't do that. And as soon as she said I couldn't do it, I was like, well, watch me. So I got on Amazon, and I ordered a clay set, and I just sat there. And you guys, the first baby is 
it's so bad. Like it is literally looks like a two-year-old maybe trying to sculpt a baby. And I saved it. And I saved it all. And honestly, I probably tried a hundred times and only one looks good. And that is the giving manger baby. And it's just kind of like I couldn't do it again. I could sit here for days and days and never be able to recreate it. But all we needed was one and then we got it. <laughs> That is so cool. I love that. And it's good for us to hear um, that it took you a hundred times because I, I just have to be honest. I, well, a couple things happened there. As soon as Debbie asked who's the writer, Lisa waited because you knew, okay, Allison's got this one. And I love that when sisters are in such rhythm that it's like, okay, this is yours. And then when, Allison, you come in with, oh, it was just done effortlessly. There was nothing hard about it. I'm like, all right, it's Christmas. I won't hate them too badly. Uh, but then when you shared, oh, yeah, it, it did take a uh, 100 times to get the right baby. That's what we want to hear. Yeah, that's and guys, I've tried to write another thing since, and I tell you what, I can't. I don't know how it happened. I don't know how the book of Giving Manger came so easily. All I can say is that we maybe got some help because I can't write anything else, and I can't sculpt another baby. So <laughs> here we are. <laughs> and that's what that is. What's so neat when you know it's of God, how it just can flow, and it's like, okay, I I know. I'm experiencing him right now, and this is the path that he has me on. But there are times that you're experiencing him, and this is the path he has you on, and yet there's a lot of hardships because we do have to, to take our part. But it's beautiful when you can hear a story like that that he just moved smoothly. Yeah. So, Allison, yeah. you've got um, five kids. Yeah. How, did, how did they react? Because my grandkids love advent calendars when they're getting something. How did your own children react to, oh, yeah, right, this year we're going to give instead of... <laughs> yeah, I love that question. And actually, the basis of the book is based around my own children's reaction. So they were not excited, and neither are the children in the story when their parents give it to them because they're used to Christmas being all about what they get. And my kids were just kind of looked at me like, what? <laughs> they, were not, they were not thrilled. And the same thing happened in my home that I wrote about in the story, and that's maybe why that flowed easily for me. But it started with me doing things for them. So me doing their chore for that day, writing them a little note. And once they saw the joy that that brought them when someone showed them love, did an act of kindness, that's when they turned around and started doing it for their siblings and for other people. And so in the story, that's what happens. The mom is the one. After those kids are complaining, the mom's the first to serve. So it could be a dad, could be whoever. Sometimes they just need that example. Um, but that really was when my kids' hearts started to change was once they saw the joy that it brought to them. And then in turn, they feel joy when they serve others. That, and it, that's really when your heart changes is when you see, wow, that it felt so good to not think about myself for a minute and think about somebody else. Because naturally, that's what we do. We all think of ourselves first, and it takes intentional shifting of our focus to really look for others see how they're struggling, see how we can show them love, how we can give. And it's a daily struggle. Don't get me wrong. Every single day I have to think, what can I do for somebody today? It's not something even trying every day. I have to keep trying. It doesn't just always come naturally. 
Yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that because I was thinking, I bought two of them right before Thanksgiving. I have five grandkids, so I took the two sets, two different families, so I took the two sets to Thanksgiving in California. And the first set I gave to my two-year-old granddaughter, and she immediately ripped the box open and threw the straw everywhere, the raffia. And my worst gift ever, and because he's a complete clean freak. But let me just tell you, she played with that baby Jesus, and, and once she started doing that, then we were like, okay. And then my son said, what is the whole point of this? And I said, to teach her to give instead of take. And I said, so she could do something. He goes, what in the world is a two-year-old going to do? And I said, she could at least pick up her toys for mommy. She could do something. She'll learn. Okay, but then I take it to the next house with a, a four, six, and an eight-year-old, and my daughter built it up too much. So I walk in, and my daughter's like, you guys, wait till you see what Bubby's got for you. And they're like, oh, excited. And then I hand them this box, and my four-year-old said, I thought it was a toy. <laughs> But my daughter loved it. I love it. And they are going to start this as a um, as a tradition. But I, I didn't get the whole part about mom has to start. And now it makes so much sense to me is how that's going to play out in that family. I was thinking I had really crappy grandkids. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, you don't. It's so normal. That's everybody's reaction. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I love how you guys say that. Like, they won't remember the gift. And yesterday we were all talking about, you know, as moms, you know, we do guilt well. And it, we feel like Christmas, basically, we're setting the tone. It's all about us. Uh, Sherry and I were saying we are Christmas until Debbie reminded us that, uh, uh, hello, Jesus is Christmas. Uh, whatever. But we do that and we, we stress out over it, right? I'm stressing out right now because I have a teenager that I cannot figure out what she wants. And so I, I'm already thinking, I've got everybody else, but I'm, you know, uh, hello, like they won't remember the gift. And I think that's such a good reminder of, hey, let's do a shift here. Why am I stressing out about a 19-year-old not getting the perfect gift right now? It's like, I want to give her that magic, like when she was a little one. And rather than, what am I teaching her? And, and this is just such a good reminder, and especially uh, besides the fact that your grandkids are horrible, Debbie, is that they are. when you start them out younger, then, then they are going to figure this out. Mm -hmm. Is there any particular, um, I don't know, moments, um, Allison or Lisa, that you can remember um, that you know, when you ask them to give, that you, that comes to mind, like this was the sweetest thing, or this was the the most, you know, uh, memorable time when of giving to others. Anyone that sticks out in your mind the most? You know, my son is. I just have one. She has five. I just have one, and he is thirteen, about to be fourteen. And so we started back when there was still a lot of the other Christmas magic, as we know. And, and like you're saying about your 19-year-old, all that stuff kind of goes by the wayside, especially if you don't have younger siblings to kind of, you know, keep the magic alive for. 
that's what we love in our house is that the giving manger allows us to kind of keep that Christmas magic alive where we, because when you're doing something for somebody else, you, it's just so beautiful to watch like the smile across their face and just, you know, see that you might have changed their day. But we were traveling a couple of years back and we were about to walk out the door. All of our family lives all over. So we always have to fly. So once again, it's like, oh, you know, nobody, nobody's excited. Nobody's nice. Everybody, you know, everybody knows. But we're at the, oh, right before we ran out the door, Noah says, oh, mom, let's grab those candy canes. You can give them out at um, the airport. And I was like, yeah, I'm imagining little kids with big smiles on their faces. So we get there and we're waiting in line. We're at like the little Delta desk and, my son is like, Mom, give me some candy canes. And I was like, okay. And he goes up and he starts handing them out to the workers. Aww. Not to the kids. And these workers, I'm telling you guys, the looks on their faces, yeah. like they were like, um, um, thank you. Um, because nobody is paying attention to them. Nobody is noticing them. If that wasn't something I told him to do, this is what he decided who deserved the candy canes that day at the age of, I mean, he's probably 10 or 11. And, and I do feel like it's like all these years of really like trying to help them see outside of himself because that's the hardest part with kids. It's like, you know, just, just natural human development. They they just tend to only think of themselves, but if you can constantly be giving them this reminder of, you know, celebrating Jesus and his life and what he really was about and how he changed the world as we know it was through all, all these, there were big things, but there were so many small things, you know, so many small things, and then you can kind of just for a moment have the opportunity to walk in his shoes. And I, I think it's so empowering to kids that they can change the world. And anyhow, you can tell I adore my son. And really, it's it's so funny. Like someone told me the other day, like, oh, you know, your brand is kindness. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's the best brand ever. It's so fun. It's just so, it just makes your Christmas season so much more meaningful when you're thinking, okay, let's come up with something new today to do for people. I want to do door things like hold the door for everybody or smile and wave at every person that you see um just really small things but it's just so fun we just giggle we just giggle and giggle about it and it gives me a closeness with my son at his age right now where he's not very communicative you know 14 year old boy there's not a lot to talk about with mom these days. <laughs> yeah, that, is, uh, that just gets worse, Lisa. Oh, boy, that. It just gets worse. We're in the thick of it, but it gives me these opportunities for conversations. And we have actually a lot of customers say the same thing to us, where, wow, you know, I've been looking for something where I can really, like, have moments at night or at the dinner table to have these conversations with my kids, but it's always awkward. Yeah. So... But how cool now, Lisa, that you're even able to share with your son. Guess what? I just talked about you on a podcast and how cool. Remember that candy cane story? Because they love that, too. Yeah, but I talk about that. Christine's voice that didn't even know she had a podcast. <laughs> That's a boy. I have to tell him because he's online school. Like, I've got an interview. And then he'll text me from his room after. How did it go, Mom? He's very small. 
Yeah, we can tell you hate him a lot. Allison, what about your kids at their different ages? What was one? Because that was such a good question, Sherry. What What are some of their uh, something that stands out that they've done? Yeah, you know what? I love it because, like Lisa said, I think this tradition grows with them. It's great to start with little kids, but we even have couples that have no kids at home that send us emails about how they're still doing this, or just as the two of them, or single adults. I mean, really, anybody at any age can bring this tradition into their home, and we love hearing those stories. But I did start with my kids. Some were little, some were like six, six-ish, and now I have two teenagers. So it is really been a journey seeing how their service changes. Like Lisa said, um, and kind of me too, but they started out with little things, more like in the home or for their preschool teacher or those kind of things. Um, but it's definitely grown and changed. One of my favorite things that we do every year is they love to ring the doorbell and run. All kids do, and this is the way they're doing it, but it's kind. So whether it's dropping off cookies, or one of our favorite is a poinsettia challenge, which we got from a customer who does this in her family, and we've copied it, and now we do it every year. Sometimes we grab, like, a $5 poinsettia from Walmart. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be a big one. And we grab, like, a handful of them, and sometimes we drop them off to people we know, and sometimes just to a complete stranger. And we love to find houses where we can watch their reaction as they open the door. And seeing that reaction and then my kids' reaction is one of my favorite moments of the whole holiday season. It's, there's nothing better than that. That is so sweet. Yeah. But we that, also do love great. to do – oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, Allison, you go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, we also love to do things like within our communities. Like Lisa said, she hands out candy canes at the airport. We every year take candy canes to Target or the grocery store when we're there and give them to people in line or workers, and we got that from Lisa. This year, one thing that we're doing as like the whole Giving Major family, all of us followers on Instagram, is we're really trying to support the people in nursing homes this year. Um, that aren't really getting any, any visitors. So we have a free um, download on our website that's printable. They're coloring pages or uh, like a template for a letter. And you can download those and do something sweet, writing a letter or coloring a picture. You can either mail them to us and we'll distribute them, or you can take them to your local nursing home just to bring a little bit of joy into the lives of those people during this holiday season. Because we're going out to a commercial break and hold that thought because we want to hear um, some more ideas and we'll be right back after this message. Thanks for listening to Girlfriend It because our girlfriends are where we get our best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It, hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.joycepubertypowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747.
Congratulations on getting your book published. The effort you put into your work is truly commendable. What's next? What will happen to all the knowledge you have worked so hard to acquire to produce your book? Here at Toginet Radio, we can provide you a platform to keep your knowledge working for you through the power of podcasts. The subjects our podcast cover are as varied as the grace of sand on a beach. From life coaching, military resources, to business success, even to the paranormal. We have a place for everyone. To get started on your next step, call Scott at 903-787-5880 or email him at scott at toginetradio.com. That's S-C-O-T-T at T-O-G-I-N-E-T-R-A-D-I-O dot com. All things Girlfriend and Share. Welcome to Girlfriend It. Hosted by women for women on a variety of topics most relevant to our daily lives. Weekly, we have incredible, inspiring, and influential guests as we explore everything from why ambitious women don't quite reach their full potential to how we deal with the dailiness of life. Together, we will hear compelling stories of other individuals in hopes of one thing. How do we get to know ourselves? Welcome back. You're listening to Girlfriend It with Patty Lynn White and the Girlfriends. And today we are talking with Allison and Lisa. They are the creators of The Giving Manger. And Allison, we cut you off rudely right in the middle of telling us some amazing uh, secrets, I would say, on how to do some acts of kindness. So tell us, tell us some more. And Debbie also noticed that you guys have cards that you can purchase alongside with The Giving Manger. That, that gives you all these ideas, as well as on Facebook and Instagram, you have videos that show some of these actions taking place, which I love it, because we, for those of us who can't creatively think about what to do, you, you have them to share, so if you forget them, go find them on Facebook, and there's more about the acts of kindness, but go ahead, Allison, what were a few more there? Did we lose Allison? Go ahead, Lisa. Were there a few more there? Oh, absolutely. I'm happy to jump in. Probably, well, I'll tell you what my greatest pick-me-up is in life. Whenever I'm having a bad day or I'm just, you know, consumed with work or whatever it is, totally stressed out, I just jump right on Instagram and I go and see what all of our customers are tagging us with. And it is amazing to see the ideas that our customers come up with. It is so much fun, you guys. If you just go in and look at where we've been tagged, people do the cutest things from, like, leaving. They'll put together, like, these whole little sets on their porch of like snacks and different things for UPS drivers and postal workers. Um, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's the most amazing amount of stuff. The other thing that's so fun is to go watch the videos of the little kids as they try to explain the tradition. And it's so sweet. There was one yesterday where a mom was like, um, so tell us what Christmas is really about. Is it about presents? And he goes, no, mom, Christmas is about Jesus. And I just, you know, it's the 
sweetest thing you've ever seen. What is your, t- is it the hashtag, would it be just giving manger or the giving manger? Yeah, yeah, the giving manger. People will just, um, if you, if we're tagged in it or, um, yeah, spread kindness, just different things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can kind of go in Instagram and see what, like if someone's tagged us at the giving manger and then you can see all of the stuff. And we share a lot of stuff that our customers send us. It's okay. just, it's clean to us. It's, it's really, it's what keeps us going. It's really yeah. what motivates us because, you know, we talk about how the first year, you know, it all came together, but let's be honest, it has been quite a journey getting to where we are and it has not been all rainbows and sunshine it's hard running is when you started and you're seeing uh maybe we're only getting one sale or maybe you're on amazon and you're only getting 10 sales do you panic or do you are you just like lord you gave this to us and so it's in your hands it's the opposite it was the opposite. It was the problem that everybody says, oh, that's such a good problem to have, which is just as stressful. So what we decided to do, because we really, we both are, we come from a very entrepreneurial family, and we're very um, blessed with having so many different people that we've, kind of, we've watched become, you know, successful in all different ways. And so we decided to do a Kickstarter campaign where people, you know, people can kind of, what they're doing is they, if they believe in the idea of a product, they purchase it in hopes to be the first person to get it well so we decided on we figured we did all of our research we got everything figured out of how to get our first minimum number of units which I think honestly at the time maybe was like 2,000 units or something and and up to that I mean this was it was craziness it was six months of absolute mayhem getting this together because we decided I think in January and then we start did our Kickstarter campaign in June so it was nuts so we put it up, you know, we did, we, we blasted it out to all of our friends and family and just said, you know, we'd love your support because they, they had really kept encouraging us and we have a giant family. So that was helpful. And we really were funded like our entire thing to do our first run within, I think it was like 30 hours or something. Wow. We were able to double our production, but we really like looked at each other and that was that confirmation moment of, you know, cause we had prayed a lot and we had gone back and forth and we had, we had took a lot of time away from our husbands and our kids in that beginning portion, you know, and we really felt like we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Allison and I, you know, we're hardworking people. We have a lot of grit and don't give up. But um, that was that moment where, like, oh, my gosh, I think people really like this. So we doubled our order, and we sold out, like, the middle of November. Everything was gone. So the next year, we're like, okay, let's double our order. Let's do this, you know. And you have to remember, like, this is all our personal money. We're not, like, big fancy. We don't have any business credit. There's nothing, you know. We're not, we're not like these like super wealthy people that are like, no problem. Yeah. We're going to double our order. And then, oh my gosh, we sold out again by like mid November. And we're like, oh, we're the worst. We can't, we can't afford more inventory. We would have moms, you know, especially grandmas. They would literally call us and be like crying or getting mad at us. I know you have giving interest there. I know you do. I'm like, I'll give you the one off my table. I literally have nothing. It's all we could afford. I mean, we, we were just a tiny, tiny business, and we were just doing the best we could. 
That's such a great story, though, Lisa. Thanks for sharing that because it, it is so funny. And for all the entrepreneurs out there, it's, it's hysterical when um, when I first started my company, people were like, can you send me brochures? Can you give me flyers? And it's like, sure, I'll just make one real quick. <laughs> It still happens almost every day with us. People are like, I need this. And I'm like, let me go to my website guy. Who is me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me talk to my my desk and I'll get right to it. Yeah. <laughs> let me go. Let me go. I don't, I actually am not studying in graphic design, but I'm pretty good at it these days. They're like, I need this and this. I'm like, okay, give me an hour. Give me, can you take care of this? fun about it is knowing the backstory of it like yeah. how did you guys even know packaging and manufacturing like how do you do all that you just figured it out okay we, so, we just i don't know is allison back on yeah i'm back. back i'm here sorry i'm not sure what happened but i can answer that one because that one was a little bit of a journey too in that we had no idea how to do it, nor did we have contacts. That, so I remember us saying, we're like looking on Pinterest. We're, like, we're just trying to figure out the best that we can. And I talked to my mom again. We're very close to our mom. And I'm like, Mom, I don't know how we're going to do this. How do you even find someone to manufacture things? And that's when she said to me, well, you know that's exactly what your cousin does, right? And I'm like, what? I had no idea. So we called him up, and we still had to design the packaging and work with graphic designers, and there was a lot of steps to get it ready to be manufactured. But he was able to come in and really help us work through and navigate working with factories and sampling and it's really complicated and believe us we have lots of pickups along the way we had years where all of the baby Jesus showed up and we couldn't use any of them and we had to scramble and we in Lisa's house one year changed out 10,000 babies ourselves like had to take them out of the packaging because they show up to us completely packaged and we had to take them one by one and exchange those babies out. So it has always been easy ride. I had a fulfillment center. I had literally from seven in the morning until nine o'clock at night, I had ten people at my house every single day. I had a pod in my driveway. And I literally just hired the whole neighborhood. Everybody needed Christmas money. And I just had teenagers. I had moms. I knew a lot of friends. And, they, and my whole garage. And people were in and out of my house. I mean, this went on. And I had to fulfill 10,000 units out of my house. In, I mean, that was like in a few few week period. It was it was the most insane thing I've ever experienced in my life. I think I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> I just have to tell you, um, this this is really exciting to hear because yesterday we did an event and Debbie had to cut out a hundred Santa Clauses and we heard about it all day long. And <laughs> And you're going to keep hearing about it, sister, because that it was a lot. It was a lot for me. <laughs> now it's nothing. Now Debbie was just like, oh, that was just a blink of an eye what she had to do yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> not, not really. I, I, my husband definitely had a new appreciation for my ability to work hard. And I'll tell you what, my mother-in-law came in town, and I remember she, you know, I mean, she lives away. 
doesn't always have a grasp on, and she's a businesswoman herself, very successful, but in her character realm, and she walks in, and literally, when she sees this, she, I don't know, she was just like, um, and I was like, I'm sorry, I really can't hang out with you the entire time that you're here, <laughs> so, I just want to, like, get busy here. Well, you know what's interesting about that is when you do get to see the backstory and you see the grit and the money and the work, and, and sometimes we see prices of items and we think, okay, we can outsource it from trainer or whatever. When you really see what's going on here, people don't complain about how much they have to pay for something. Otherwise, it's like, wait. I can get this at the dollar store. You know, it's like, okay, go get it at the dollar store. Yeah. You know, you get to that point. And unfortunately, sometimes for those of us in the church, we, we want everything for nothing rather than going, hey, I want to be able to support you and pay that price and, and continue this tradition. So hats off for you guys to, for, for doing all that. That's amazing. Well, and I thought the price was good, too. I mean, I'm a grandma. I would have spent anything. So I, I thought, I, I thought it, for what you get, I thought your packaging, honestly, I thought the packaging was beautiful. And uh, it's a great presentation. So kudos to you guys for not really having a clue and just hitting it out of the park first time. Well, and oh, that, means so Allison, that just shows you, you need a different price for grandmas than you do for moms. So, <laughs> you know, it's so true. I think like, you're right about that. You know, best grandma Christmas gift. Totally. <laughs> just that put it up so like $99.99. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because the grandmas are the ones that order in multiples. I mean, we have orders for eight or ten or four um, all the time. We always yeah. we didn't expect that that would be like kind of our one of our target audiences. We because we were young moms, so that's more who we were thinking this would be geared towards. And it it really shocked us how much of a market this is for the grandparents. Well, when you think about it, it's a gift that they can give the kids that they start, and then they'll do it throughout their life and pass on this tradition that the grandparent is the one that gave it to them. And they'll always think, it's for me, whenever I have something that someone gives me that's a really meaningful gift, every time I use it, I think about them. I'm like, this is such a thoughtful gift. I love her. And, and I think that's what it is for grandparents is, Let's start this tradition together, especially this year where half of us can't even get together. It's like, at least you can start a tradition together. And yeah. Did yeah. you notice that, you guys, with this year being 2020, did your sales go up because so many people are wanting to get back to the basics of, you know, who knew that kindness would be a trend, right? You know, it's hard for us to gauge because our, it's luckily we're grateful. It has been growing every year. So it's hard to gauge if it's 2020 specifically related. I know we have lots of people reaching out to us um, asking, like, we have a free um, service list on our website. It's just a, there's actually, I think, three or four different lists of ideas you can do with your giving manger or the kindness cards, like you guys mentioned, are a great way to use um, those with your giving manger if you need ideas. But the number of people we have posting about the Giving Manger and sharing what they're doing has definitely gone up. I'd say at least double what we've seen in the past. And that's really encouraging to see people wanting to share and encourage other people to give. There's definitely been a shift in the focus of 2020. Tell me more about the kindness cards. I, I guess I'm kind of confused about those. What, 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 are, what are those? 
Yeah, so those came about because we had people every year say, we don't want to put our giving manager away. Like, can we keep it out? We're like, sure, but it is, you know, they don't really want to because it's kind of Christmas related. So we were just kind of brainstorming what could we do to help people keep giving all year round. And that's when we came up with this deck that has um, 52 ideas of things you can do to help other people. And some of them are simple, like pray for someone else or make empty the dishwasher. I mean, it's just really great ideas. And so you can pull one every day or you can use it with the giving manger. So that's the great thing about it is it can be used and set it right next to your giving manger for ideas or it's something that can just be used year-round to really promote kindness and love. I love it for um, Sunday school classes. When you said 52 weeks, because I'd already thought, oh, this would be so cute for a Sunday school class. Um, yeah. Or any class. And, it, you know, at the Christian schools or whatever, um, to have this for one a week even, uh, it's just such a great idea, you guys. It's really, it's impressive. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I know that it's just a couple of sisters, you know. Now, were your husbands totally on board with the money to begin with? Oddly, yes. I actually talked, this is interesting, because I talked to my husband and son about this last night, because we had just a really positive and encouraging update, and we were, I was, you know, sharing it with them, celebrating, you know, because I'm usually the one that's just kind of the quiet, like, on my own stuff, and I'm cheerleading them, and I'm a loud cheerleader, like, I'm like, you're the best at this, and I love this about you, you know, but <laughs> about my own stuff. I don't know. It's not as exciting. I don't know why. I, I, I don't share as much. But so last night I was at the dinner table. I cooked this really nice meal, which is crazy for me on a Wednesday night because I don't generally do that. But I just wanted to sit down with my family. And if you cook a nice meal, they're going to sit down with you for like an hour. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just sharing kind of these really amazing things that are happening. And, and just like, and I just started getting really emotional. And um, because it has been such a journey and they both of our families and our husbands have just literally supported us so like blindly I mean they they I don't we go to them for advice but at the end of the day I mean they just give us so much support and we are both kind of the you know yeah, the center of the family, the life of the family, the party, center of the party type of people. And I just said to my son last night. Our kind of people. No, but I said to my that, you know, you always see me as, like, dad's cheerleader. And he said that to me before, you know. And I said, but you know what? Your dad is the same cheerleader for me. He's just a quieter one. But he just, like, never – sorry, I'm getting emotional. But he just, like – it's like, I, I'm like, can't imagine how someone could allow you to just so, like, blindly just go. And he's so yeah. hard at work, but he never questions any of it. He's just like, don't worry. He's like, you're building our future. He's like, I'm here, like, for whatever you need. And both of our husbands, like, we've had to travel a lot. And they've just been so there for us. And we're so lucky. <laughs> Now, now, why are you, by the way, Lisa, thank you for sharing that. It, there's something about when you have a supportive husband that is like, you go, girl, you, you do it. Um, what what are you traveling? Why? How come you guys are traveling so much? In previous years, not this year, but in previous years, you know, we have to do a lot. Like for wholesale sales, you're out going to all those gift shows. You're out, you know, so a lot of that travel was 
I mean, just getting out and you're hustling. I mean, yeah. you got to hustle. Things don't sell themselves. Yeah. But when you're creating a business just for the entrepreneurs out there, you really have to kind of like look at all the different ways that you want streams of revenue. An important stream of revenue with products particularly is wholesale because it it's just, it kind of stabilizes it just having both wholesale and direct to consumer, it just kind of stabilizes the business. And our stores over the years are just amazing. They're the most amazing people to work with. And year after year, I mean, we had the cutest bookstore in St. Cloud, Minnesota. I mean, this is this is my sister-in-law actually lives here. This is the funny part about this guy. And his mom actually runs the store. He owns it. And he would call us like twice a week and be like, I need three more cases. I mean, this is a tiny college town. We're like, what are you doing? Because we weren't allowing people to sell on Amazon, like third-party websites. He's just hustling. And anyhow, it was amazing. Our stores have really just been there for us and stood by us. And we've made so many incredible relationships throughout the years. That's one thing. Please, people, go shop at your local stores. We, like we said, with 2020, please get Please get out there and support them. They are in your community. They're there when you need a last-minute gift. They're there to help you shop. Get out there and go to those all our people's stores. Yeah. I wasn't even sure if there's even Christian bookstores still around. I mean, in Arizona, I mean, I know so many have closed down. And that's exciting to hear that there's there's still some out there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think siblings? Because I'm wondering, are there other siblings that maybe are like, well, we would have maybe wanted to get in on this with you too. <laughs> or we don't talk about there it. Are, there are siblings. We actually have two brothers and one more sister. And you know what? Everybody has been so supportive and loving. And I think they just knew. Lisa and I have kind of had a relationship where we, we had a baby thing business years ago that was just kind of, pre-Etsy, we were just very small, so we've kind of naturally worked together in ways through our life, so when I had the idea, it was natural for her to be the first person that I called to say, hey, we got to do this together. It's not sharing the best part, which is when we worked for our dad together, and we shared a little office. <laughs> we did have so much fun. Allison and I are five years apart, so it's not really like a natural... But we shared an office together, and I think that's when we really bonded. Because she was, we were, what, 18, and I was, like, 23. And we would giggle. We raced each other home in our cars. and for dinner with mom. And <laughs> okay, now we're getting into a sibling thing, but I, I will say... You think that they're okay with it, but it's really hard when you have this connection and you can see them on the outskirts going, how come you don't call me in? How come you don't do that? And I, I just, I do think it's interesting that the sibling relationship, especially when you guys, obviously the chemistry and what you have going on is, is super cool. Patty, was that comment like you're asking for a friend, or is it because you have a million siblings yourself? I was asking for a friend. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I can't even relate to what you guys are talking about. <laughs> but I do have a question. How come you didn't want them selling it on Amazon? Your store owners. Do you want me to answer that, Sissy? Um, I can, it's fine. We just originally wanted to keep it as close to home as we could. So we didn't put it on Amazon. 
we just kind of are letting it grow in a like organic way and we really wanted to protect the brand and just really protect our stores as well. We wanted them to have people coming into their stores and not just everybody jumping on and getting on Amazon. As it's grown, we kind of unfortunately and fortunately realized it got to a point where we couldn't really do that anymore. Um, but I really, it was, it was for the brand and it was for the stores in those original years that we kept it that way. Yeah. That's how great that you guys allowed yourselves to, to grow with the product rather than the product taking over you guys. But I did buy mine on Amazon. That's where I got mine. So. <laughs> it's the first year, so Amazon. you're one of the first ones. <laughs> Shout out Amazon. Keep it we love Amazon. We do. We love it all. We just, we just, you know, there's a lot of, there's more that goes into building a brand than people realize. I don't think people even realize that most businesses that fail are in a growth pattern. They just don't grow well. Right. You can get yourself, you know, you got to make sure you got all your little ducks in a row and you want to do it right. You want to do things well. You don't just want to, you know, do it because it's a popular thing. Well, yeah. interesting. I recently started a new online business, and I kept trying to get it perfect. And I had a very smart woman say to me, you know what, Debbie? It needs to be progression over perfection. And I didn't believe that. And then when I went ahead and let myself go and just do it, finally, and pull the trigger, it was exactly what it needed. Yeah. So. Yeah. Did this you really had a big let go. Trying to make it perfect before you started, or you at some point you just go, Okay, we got to do it. Yeah, yeah, no, we did. This year we had a big letting go. We partnered with uh, Hashtag Publishing, and they um, have a great uh, imprint called um, Worthy Kids, it's a Christian. Um, a little Christian publisher, and we feel so, so, so fortunate to be working with them. They're absolutely amazing, wonderful, beautiful people to work with. So Allison and I, through that partnership now with them, they are really have taken on a lot of all of the stuff that was the distribution, and now we have the opportunity to be creative again and to focus on our customers even more and focus on you know, our own service and our own families. So that's been a, that was a big step for us to do that and to let go that way and to let our little baby go in somebody else's hands. But as you said, sometimes it's how to let things just get to where they need to be. Yeah. And that's my next question. We have two more minutes before we're uh, done with the show. And I just want to say thank you guys. An honor to have you on. I, I love that you were so real and honest with the, the heartache of it and yet the, the beauty of, of how you've created this and how it's just taken off. But what is your next? So I, what I'm hearing you say is that it's getting its own rhythm down and now you are letting it go with Amazon. You've partnered, so you've kind of given your baby up for adoption, which is horrible to lose control over that, but yet... Now you're able to breathe a little bit more, right? But now you're going to take on another creative project, perhaps. So can you give us any secrets? I can tell you that my sister is like a constant stream of ideas. And I love her. And I'm more of the like, I don't know. I don't know if I can take that on. I don't know if I can take that on. Can we do another thing? So we have a bunch of ideas. We're trying to decide which one we're going to take. But there's definitely going to be more to come. Oh, good. Yay. Just for kindness. Anything that, anything that we can do to help people 
to celebrate Jesus in their homes and spread kindness, we're in. So, so I only have one minute here, but I just want to say I was talking to my brother as an entrepreneur, and he he was just doing this thing in his neighborhood where you buy a bunch of those popcorn containers, and uh, he was putting games in the popcorn container with a thing of popcorn, and he was bringing it out to all of his, his neighbors just to let them know, we're thinking about you, and I have to go faster because we have 15 seconds, so I just want to say thank you for being a part of our show today. It is always an honor for us to be together. Uh, please subscribe to Girlfriend It on Apple Podcasts or just tell Alexa. And this is in your very Girlfriends are where we get our best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It. Hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com.